Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time it is, wherever you are tuning in, thank you so much for joining me today for this offering. I'll be doing a Dharma talk here on the topic of loving kindness, specifically recognizing loving kindness, but other aspects of loving kindness as well. Uh, a couple of different techniques of practicing loving kindness. And then I will offer a guided meditation, a brief guided meditation on uh, recognizing loving kindness. And so before we jump in uh, to the offering, I do have a few announcements as usual. Uh, first, I'd like to announce that I'm offering a loving kindness retreat uh, online uh, beginning January 3rd. East Coast Standard Time at 9 p.m., which is a Sunday evening, and it runs to February 4th. And we will be meeting twice a week, uh, Sundays and Thursday evenings, again at 9 p.m. East Coast Time. Uh, it's going to be a very um, a beautiful, intensive program. Uh, we spend 90 minutes on each of those sessions doing guided meditations and having talks, Q&A sessions on the topic of loving-kindness, on the practices of loving-kindness, with the idea uh, that we cultivate loving-kindness for ourselves, and then gradually allowing that loving-kindness to ripple out uh, to loved ones, to strangers, to, to people we don't like very much, and then eventually to the entire world. And I'll be drawing on teachings uh, from the Buddhist traditions, uh, from Christianity, uh, perhaps some Vedanta Hinduism as well there. So it's a, it's a, a non-denominational, uh, totally, completely secular offering. In fact, uh, one of the things I'm very passionate about is offering uh, contemplative teachings in a completely secular fashion. So uh, if that's a concern of yours, uh, don't worry. There'll be no uh, particular religion or faith emphasized in this retreat. Now, another concern that often comes up, I get questions, what if I can't make uh, one of the sessions? What if I can't make it at all on Thursday evenings, for example? All of the uh, sessions will be recorded. It's done, they're done via Zoom, which has a great recording feature and those will be made available. So whether you can make the live sessions or, uh, or not, uh, doesn't matter, you'll have plenty of time to catch up uh, through the recorded offering as well there. So there'll be lots of contact time, lots of time for q and I'll be very available uh, for the retreat participants. So uh, that is one of the great benefits of uh, this format. So again, that's January 3rd to February 4th. I'd also like to announce that I am uh, accepting applications for one-on-one -on -one, uh, meditation sessions online. Uh, so if anybody here is interested in either starting a meditation practice or deepening one you already have, uh, I am accepting applications for those one-on-one -on -one offerings. Uh, for more information on the one-on-one -on -one studies, go to my website, www.suchsweetthunder.org. 
And on that website, you can click on the online studies page, and that will give you all of the details you need to know about that. I'd also like to make a brief acknowledgement here uh, that this is being broadcast through uh, the Contemplative Light Facebook page. Uh, so if you're tuning in through Contemplative Light, thank you uh, for joining us. Uh, and thank you to Contemplative Light for inviting me. It's an honor and a privilege to be uh, hosting these sessions through Contemplative Light as well as on my own pages. Uh, if you're not familiar with Contemplative Light, if you're visiting this video via recording or through such sweet thunder, pardon me, or through uh, my website page, uh, do go visit www.contemplativelight.com. Uh, they have some amazing contemplative offerings, some amazing meditations, some study programs there, all in the spirit of waking up. Uh, so very, very wonderful offerings there. Okay. So on into today's program. And so before we launch into the talk, I would like to do uh, just a two or three minute guided meditation. So in this meditation here, we'll really use these few minutes to bring ourselves into the present moment. And so I'll ring the meditation bell, the same bell you heard at the beginning of the program here. And I'll just do a bit of guiding. This is really to allow our heart to open to the words of the teaching, my heart and your heart. To allow the words to land through the ears and into the heart. And towards the end of the guided meditation, I'll invite you to visualize somebody who has extended you kindness into your life. We just visualize this person, we might remember the kindness that they extended. And only do that if that feels available and comfortable for you. If that doesn't feel available and or comfortable, uh, you can just continue with the breath and the body. That's fine as well. Okay, enjoy this very short practice. And so finding a comfortable, relaxed meditation posture, whatever that means for you, just as long as your body can be stable and supported, you can remain alert yet at rest. And this can be done with your eyes open or closed, whatever you feel supports you this moment in this practice. You might notice the breath entering and leaving the nose. Noticing also the breath as it touches the back of the throat. Perhaps noticing the temperature changing from cooler to warmer 
at the nose and the back of the throat as you inhale and exhale. You might also notice the rib cage expanding and contracting as you inhale and exhale. The rising and falling of the abdomen as you breathe in and breathe out. Noticing the back moving out as you breathe in and in as you breathe out. The shoulders rising and falling with each breath. Each stage of the breath, an invitation to connect with the present moment. While resting there with the breath, I'll invite you to bring attention and awareness to sensations of feet against the mat or the floor. Inviting the muscles in the feet to rest. Noticing the weight of the body against the cushion or chair, mat or floor. Inviting the muscles underneath those sensations to relax. You might also notice sensations of clothing against the back. Inviting the muscles underneath those sensations to grow soft. You might also notice the hands resting against the body or touching each other. The arms resting against the body. Inviting the hands and arms to relax and rest. Perhaps noticing sensations arising throughout the back of the neck. Inviting the muscles in the back of the neck to relax. You might also notice sensations arising throughout the cheeks of the face, inviting the muscles in the face to grow soft. There might also be sensations arising from the top of the head. Any of these bodily sensations will work as an anchor, bringing awareness into the present moment experience. And so while resting there with the anchors of the breath, the anchors of the body, You might also notice any sounds arising in the present moment. Sounds are always present moment experiences as well as breath and body.
knowing this, one can allow the sounds to also serve as an anchor into the present moment. And so we'll rest right there, maintaining open, spacious awareness. And while resting here in the sounds, body and breath, the invitation here is to visualize or just remember a friend or a benefactor, somebody who gave to your life very freely without any thought of strings attached. Allowing this visualization or recollection to be a resource for you. If this doesn't feel available, this visualization, simply rest in the present moment with the breath and body and or sound. like you can put your hand on your heart that might help to connect with this recollection of this person of kindness you could also use a pet a cat or a dog just a recollection or a visualization which allows your heart to open feeling warmth kindness. And in the next couple of breaths, we'll begin to pivot out of this meditation practice and back into a conversational space. I'll do that by ringing the bell three times to cue that. And if you are watching this on the recording, if you wish, wish to pause the recording and continue uh, meditating there, uh, you're free to do so. Okay, thank you for allowing me to guide that uh, meditation there, that brief practice. We're going to come back towards the end of today's offering and do a little bit more meditating uh, Yeah, as, as we get there. So I mentioned uh, that I offer these teachings in a, in a secular way, non-religious way. Uh, and the last talk I gave, I really um, uh, dug deep 
into the Buddha's teachings on love and kindness. You may have saw that, seen that. Don't worry, you don't have had to see that uh, to receive benefit from today's offering. All of these sessions are standalone. Uh, but in uh, the spirit of keeping this non-denominational theme, uh, which I do in all of my teachings, I would like to touch in with a different tradition today. Now, I can't pretend to be a religious scholar, I'm not, and my training does come from the Buddhist tradition, so that's where I draw most of my wisdom from, if I may be so bold as <laughs> to say so. Uh, but I did do a little bit of research on Kabbalah. Now, uh, I thought this would be uh, a great addition to the program here, as we have, uh, I think we're two or three days or four days into Hanukkah now. And so Kabbalah is a Hebrew uh, uh, contemplative tradition. And I, I, was, I started on this uh, journey of research because I remembered... Uh, last year, I was on Celebrity Cruise Lines. I, I work on cruise lines, on Celebrity Cruise Lines, giving talks on Buddhism and teaching mindfulness meditation. Uh, usually a few months a year, I do that. Uh, and I happen to be uh, finishing a talk on loving-kindness in the theater there on the cruise ship. And after the talk, a, a couple approached me at the stage and they said, these teachings are exactly the same as what we study in Kabbalah. I was, really? Because I, I, I had really no idea about the practices of Kabbalah. I knew Madonna uh, was uh, really uh, uh, enthusiastic about Kabbalah some, some years ago, and that's really my only exposure. Uh, Eckhart Tolle refers to uh, some teachings of Kabbalah here and there as well. So I had very little exposure. Uh, but I remembered that conversation, and so I went online here and, and uh, looked at some of the uh, uh, similarities of the Kabbalah teachings of loving-kindness to the Buddhist teachings and how we can use these teachings as well, uh, because they're very, very similar. And so uh, in my research, I came across Moses Ben Jacob Codero, uh, Cordovero. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. Uh, his Kabbalistic treaty, the Tomer Devora. And he, and he says in there, uh, the following actions are to be taken to cultivate loving kindness. Now, he gave a pretty thorough list. I only uh, am, I think, quoting six here. Uh, he said, uh, in order to cultivate loving kindness, we can provide a child with all of the necessities of their sustenance and love that child. Uh, another way is to visit and heal the sick, uh, giving charity to the poor, offering hospitality to strangers, attending to the dead, and making peace between one person and another person. And to say that the people who embody these qualities embody loving-kindness. And then the research that I did went on to tell me uh, that Abraham is the archetype of loving-kindness in the Hebrew tradition. Uh, much like Kuan Yin uh, or Avilokiteshvara, the icon here on, on my altar here, 
uh, that's uh, Kuan Yin, both Kuan Yin and Avalokiteshvara are archetypes of compassion and loving kindness. In uh, the Buddhist tradition, uh, Jesus and Mother Mary uh, could be seen as archetypes of loving kindness and compassion in the Christian tradition, and so forth. Now, when I was going through this list here, uh, something really struck me. Um, all of these qualities that are listed here are acts of generosity. I thought, wow, that's really great. In the Hebrew tradition, in the Kabbalah tradition, one way of cultivating loving kindness, and it seems like a pretty important way, according to the, the Tree of Life in the Kabbalah tradition, where I found these uh, teachings, uh, generosity is considered to be uh, quite fundamental to loving kindness practice. And this reminded me of teachings of the Buddha, where he talks about generosity and gratitude being the two wings of loving kindness. Generosity is the act of giving freely, and gratitude is the act of receiving freely. In fact, two, the two wings of loving-kindness, if you will, generosity and gratitude. So, a couple of um, pointers, if you will, on how this might be uh, practiced. Now, when I launched into today's offering, we did a very brief body scan. We went through the body, inviting the body to rest. And in really noticing the sensations of the body. And I really recommend taking up body scanning, some sort of body scanning, as a daily practice. And then in doing that, we start to get to know the sensations of the body very intimately, in a much deeper way than we would before taking up a practice like that. And then you can do this at the same time. If you haven't done a body scanning practice, you can start that and start this next practice, the practice of generosity, of giving freely. Now, you don't have to give the keys to your car or your bank account. You can give a flower. You can give a compliment. You can, you can give somebody some time. You can give a, a poem, a smile. These are all ways of practicing generosity. And the reason why I mentioned the body scan before I mentioned those techniques is that each of those acts of generosity will elicit a sensation in the body, in the mind, and in the heart. So the idea is to move forward with that act of generosity and then recognize what it feels like in the body, in the mind, in the heart. And you can do that by, some teachers call it, practicing the pause. You pause for a moment, you take a breath, 
You give, let's say, a flower. You give a flower to a stranger or to a friend if that feels weird. That's fine. You give that flower a pause. What does that feel like in the body, in the mind, in the heart? There might be an opening, a warmth, or there might be some sort of resistance, a closing down. That's fine too. We're going to get to working with the resistances in a moment. Now, talking about the other wing here, the gratitude wing. Now, the past couple of days, I was filled with gratitude <laughs> because it was my birthday and I got hundreds of messages uh, through Messenger and, and uh, comments on, uh, on my Facebook page. Each time I read one of those messages, I paused. What does that feel like to receive that gift of generosity? That, even that simple act of taking that time and thank you for taking that time to put those messages there, that, that message of happy birthday. Ah, the heart just fills. So thank you for that. So that will go on my gratitude list. And there's another way of practicing gratitude. And this is a beautiful practice. Keep a gratitude list. I really recommend it. Particularly in, in this day, when there's so much uh, uh, suffering happening with the COVID crisis, with the political divisions, keeping a gratitude list is a great way to offset the despair which might arise uh, from the current world situation. It's not a way of bypassing that. We can still acknowledge what's happening in the world. But a gratitude list is a way of resourcing. It gives us a sense of strength and stability so that we can be in contact with the present moment when despair arises. We don't fall into react reaction with that. So that gratitude gives us that stability. Now, how this is done. Uh, you get a notebook or a journal and you can put a title, gratitude list, if you want. You can date it. That makes it kind of formalized. That, that's kind of nice. And then just write down one or two things. It can just be one thing. That's fine. But do it every day. It could be in the morning when you first wake up or when you go to bed at night, at lunchtime. It doesn't matter when. But write down one thing or two things that you're grateful for that day could be all of the birthday wishes. For me, I, I like to do each birthday wish. So um, my aunt wished me happy birthday. My uncle wished me happy birthday. So forth. That's a lot. And so each time, that gratitude lands in the heart. Like that. Now, if you keep a list like that, what happens, even if it's not your birthday, uh, what happens, you start to... You know, you might start to put the same thing every day. That's fine. That's actually okay to do that. That's good to do that. If, if you're grateful for the sunshine, grateful for the sunshine. The next day, grateful for the sunshine. 
the next day. I'm grateful for the sunshine. Beautiful. Then what starts to happen, though, is that you start to go about your day. And this might take a week or two. You start to look for things to put on your gratitude list. And when that starts to happen, we start to open ourselves to the gifts of the present moment. Oh, I can be great. I can put that on the list. That, that stranger smiled at me. I can put that on the list tonight. Or uh, my, my brother called me. I can put that on the list tonight. So forth, like that. So practicing gratitude and generosity. Generosity, the wing of giving freely. Gratitude, the wing of receiving freely. And again, when you start to notice both the generosity and the gratitude in the body, in the mind, in the heart, what you might start to recognize is they feel very similar. The experience in the body, in the mind, in the heart of giving and receiving turns out to be very, very much the same. And so that's a very, very beautiful realization to come to. Don't take my word for it, though. Really, really practice it. And see, give it a month of, of, of practicing. Giving, maybe doing alternate days, if you wish. Today, Monday, my day of generosity. I'll give my boss a compliment. It doesn't have to be forced, you know. I'll give, you know, I'll give somebody a compliment today. And then, you know, the compliment just comes. All right, I'm supposed to compliment somebody today. So then you appreciate uh, somebody who's working at, at the coffee store. It's like, oh, you're doing a great job today. Wow. Now, I saw a story on Facebook this morning, actually. A friend of mine posted how, uh, how their daughter went into a cafe and a stranger bought them lunch. Now, this stranger was practicing this random act of generosity, clearly. Now, the person, the, the daughter there of my friend, uh, was able to receive that with gratitude. And she claimed how that warmth of that act of generosity filled her heart. And she went, the daughter went and told her mom, my friend, about this, and it filled her heart too. And they both vowed to continue doing random acts of generosity as a way of expressing that. And this is one of the beautiful things about these practices, is it doesn't stop with us. And we, we receive great benefit, no doubt, no doubt. Helps the body, helps the mind, helps the heart in so many ways. But then, it moves forward. We do this act of generosity to somebody and they, it fills their heart. And they might tell 10 other people and they might be moved 
to do the same thing. And then it spreads out to 30 people. And those 30 people might be moved to do similar actions. And it spreads out to 50 people. Gradually, over days, weeks, months, years, lifetimes, it doesn't matter how long, we touch the hearts and minds of everyone. You've probably heard of the butterfly effect, right? Where the theory is that is that if a butterfly here in Thailand flaps its wings, the energy of that motion can create a tornado uh, in the United States or in Canada or wherever across the world. So if a butterfly's wings can do that, just think how uh, daily or in every other day act of generosity, how that can affect the world. Okay. So before we, want to, we run out of time, I want to move into doing some meditation practices. So this will be done in two different practices. Again, one very brief practice as a way of kind of illustrating something that I would like to offer and then a, a bit of a longer practice uh, uh, into loving-kindness. And so the first practice I'm going to offer here is a guided meditation. Uh, it's called the hand and fist exercise, or hand and fist practice. And I learned this from uh, David Trelevin, uh, who was the uh, teacher of uh, the trauma-sensitive mindfulness program, uh, which I just uh, graduated from. Beautiful program. He's also the author of Trauma Sensitive Mindfulness, the book. If you're curious about trauma and mindfulness practices and how they uh, coincide and, and connect, uh, that there's no book greater uh, than David Trelevin's Trauma Sensitive Mindfulness. Okay, so this practice comes from him. And it's a way of um, allowing us to acknowledge and really admire our resistances to loving-kindness practice. Because that's how I'm offering it here. And so in the practice, we'll come into the present moment just briefly, and then I'll invite you to make a fist. Now you don't have to hold the fist up like that unless you want to. Uh, you can put it on your lap or on the table, wherever it's comfortable for you. Now that fist will represent everything that keeps us safe, all of our protections, all of our boundaries, everything that, that keeps us protected, allows us to sleep at night. And then I'll invite you to make an open hand. And this open hand represents the hand of compassion. And so in the meditation, we'll acknowledge the fist as our protector, as our resistances. And then we'll hold that with the hand of compassion. And I'll guide us through this uh, very brief practice. The idea is to get to know our resistances, 
Notice that the hand of compassion doesn't try to pry the fist open, doesn't try to force it in any way, but really just acknowledging it. You can even say to the resistances, I'm glad you're here, thank you for keeping me safe, you're doing a great job, and so forth. Okay, so I'll just ring the bell. We'll do this brief exercise. So allowing the body, mind, and heart to rest once again. Coming to the present moment, using any of the anchors that we went through at the beginning of the session, you can notice the breath as it moves through the body. Or you might choose to anchor your awareness in the sensations of the feet or clothing against the skin. Perhaps sensations arising in the hands or the top of the head, whatever is accessible for you right now. There might be more than one, and that's okay too, that's, that's good. You might also want to use a sound or the field of sounds as a way of bringing your attention and awareness into this present moment. Again, the invitation is to use whatever is accessible for you in this present moment experience. And just rest here, allowing the mind and body and heart to settle. And while resting in this present moment, I'll invite you to make a fist with one hand. And again, only if this feels accessible to you. If you'd rather just stay resting with the breath or body or sound, that's fine. If you'd like to follow along and make a fist with one hand, that's great too. And acknowledging this fist, acknowledging the strength, the stability, the firmness, Visualizing inside this fist everything that keeps you safe. Keeps you safe physically, emotionally. And now I'd like to invite you with the other hand just to keep an open palm with the other hand and rest the fist in the open-hand palm, this open-handed palm, the hand of compassion. And 
And as you rest the fist in the hand of compassion, you can say to your fist out loud if you wish, or quietly in your own mind, thank you. Thank you for keeping me safe. You're doing a great job. You can also say things like, of course, you're, you're there. It makes sense that you're here to keep me safe and protected. You can even feel the different aspects of the fist, the knuckles, the fingers. Also bringing attention to the rest of the body, noticing if the body softens or tenses up as you go through this process of acknowledging this brave fist of protection. Again, acknowledging this fist, how it keeps you safe, protected, how much benefit we receive from this protection. Really allowing the hand of compassion to be the support. Okay, in the next couple of moments, we'll pivot away from that practice and back into a conversational space. I'll ring the bell. Again, if you're watching this on recording uh, and you'd like to pause the recording here and just be with that exercise uh, for however long, uh, you're welcome to do that. If you're watching this live, you're also welcome to revisit the recording on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. So the reason for that, and you can allow the, the hand and fist to relax now, the reason we do that is because when we go through the practices of loving-kindness, even in the day-to-day -day practices of, of generosity and gratitude, uh, you might feel a resistance to that process. When somebody offers you to buy you lunch, for example, you might kind of, you know, laugh it off as, Oh, that was, you know, no big deal. Or perhaps you might feel like uh, they were crazy or they had no choice to, but to do that. Or maybe they had their own selfish motives or their acts of kindness were natural. Obviously, you, you know, you deserve that kind of thing. Uh, so there, there are all of these ways where our mind can create a resistance to our feeling that act of generosity. 
And this can happen in many, many different ways. And so the idea is not to try to push through that resistance, but to hold it, to recognize that it's there and get to know it, feel it. That resistance will feel a certain way in the body. There might be a tightening in the chest, a clenching in the abdomen perhaps. Maybe your jaw might clench up or you might get flush in the face. But all of these physical manifestations of that resistance are our cues. What does this resistance feel like? Is resistance necessary right now? So coming back to that fist, that fist, once upon a time, was probably necessary for our well-being, for our, you know, for our sanity, whatever it is. There's a reason that that resistance is there. We don't need to analyze that. We don't need to go into that reason. We just need to know that it's there for a reason, for a very good reason. But in the present moment, it's not needed. That's the thing. The resistance has become habitual. And then we respond to our life through those habitual resistances. And again, as I mentioned in the previous session on Facebook and Instagram here, the great poet Rumi, our task isn't to find love, but to find the barriers which we have erected which keep love out. And that phrase from Rumi is the summation of all of the practices of loving-kindness that I'll be offering, all of the practices uh, of metta that I'll be offering in the retreat that I'm offering and uh, in this Facebook Live series as this series unfolds. Now we are approaching the end of the session here, so I, I won't have time to do a full guided meditation today, unfortunately. Uh, but do tune in on Friday morning if you're in Asia or Australia or Thursday evening in the States, North America, South America. Uh, tune in for the next episode because there I will offer a full half an hour guided meditation on recognizing love and kindness and really recognizing the, the barriers, as Rumi said, holding that fist, recognizing that fist getting to know it. And when we do that, the loving kindness can flow. It's like a rock in the ocean. The ocean of loving kindness flows around the rock and into our heart. And as we do that, as we allow that tide to keep meeting our heart, it erodes the rock. The rock starts to feel that sense of erosion and it softens and finally we become much more open and available to the gifts of loving kindness in our day-to-day -day experience. So I think that's all I want to say today. Thanks again so much for joining me. I'm glad you did. 
Uh, I wouldn't be here without you all. And really, I learn a great amount uh, each time I do these sessions as well. So I'll see you next time for a full guided meditation. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy. Uh, I'm not making a political statement when I say this, but the proof, the science is there. These masks do work. So if you're, you find yourself in a crowd, wear a mask, please. Uh, the vaccine is right around the corner. And so if you're, you're into taking vaccines, uh, that'll help. I'm going to take mine. Uh, and, uh, but don't get complacent just yet. It's not here yet. So uh, please be diligent. Let's stay safe. And I will see you all Thursday evening or Friday morning for a full guided meditation on loving kindness. Thank you.